Welcome to Business Integrity Matters, a show that applies God's Word to your work, discussing business basics and encouraging you to live out your faith Monday through Friday. Check out our complete schedule, practical business tools, and much more at businessintegritymatters.com. Now, get ready to build trusted organizations and enduring legacies by applying God's truth to your work with Business Integrity Matters. And now, here's your host, Bradley Waldrop. Welcome to Business Integrity Matters. We, we have uh, quite a contraption here. I don't know. Um, I keep saying this. We should have, should have a camera going uh, behind us. And um, we're, we might have a little audio problem here, too. But we'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, we should have a camera behind us because if you see what I see, it's just, it's just I don't know, electronic chaos. But it's all for the right reasons. Hey, we are back from the NRB, and uh, man, I, I want to just say I'm sorry that we could not broadcast our show from the NRB. We ended up with some administrative issues that turned out to be actually a huge blessing for us, and you'll you'll get to see that a little bit later. However, uh, I did want to say that we didn't get a, a chance to recap the entire last era, and the la- the entire last era is the the patriarch era. And the patriarch era has everything to do with the pillars of the faith. And those pillars of the faith passing down their culture, passing down their skills, passing down their desire uh, for uh, just service to God. And what's so interesting to me is that when we were supposed to broadcast the show, we were supposed to broadcast uh, the show for um, Joseph. And, And Joseph is just this trustworthy guy. Which is so fantastic. Uh, so for me, the, the neat part about what happened last week, and we had to preempt the show, what happened was it was us trying to be trustworthy, but it didn't start out that way. I don't know about you guys, but I don't necessarily have a lot of patience standing in line and waiting for people to give me approvals to do certain things. And we were already running behind and in running behind, uh, we were an hour away from um, from home, and so the time change got us all screwed up. Uh, we we got there just just in time that we probably could have broadcast, um, but we would have been literally an hour late. So so Pete and I were walking around the aisle, walking around the hallway in this massive hotel, and the hotel is the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. If you've never been there, it's the largest non-casino hotel in the United States. It's got well over 2,000 rooms. It's massive. Because we had no idea where we were going and we were up against a time clock, we were walking through the, the, the halls just trying to find a quiet corner that had a plug that we could literally just do a broadcast. And broadcasting, it may sound like it's complicated, but we didn't necessarily have to have a lot of gear, right? Just a simple computer a cellular connection or, or a Wi-Fi connection, a USB port, a microphone, and a talking head. Well, so we've got a talking head for sure, and we had the technology in the bag. And, and we, we sort of scouted out some quiet corners. And in scouting out the quiet corners, Pete and I started to look at each other and say, you know, we could just set up. And then, you know, we'll just broadcast. And if somebody asks us, we'll tell them. And, hey, maybe they'll be on the show. And... I don't know, that just didn't set right with either one of us. We decided that if we're going to do a show called Business Integrity Matters, we, we should really do the right thing. <laughs> and and I, I only say that because 
I think this is kind of a very real issue. I think that we all, I don't know about you guys, but I know that I oftentimes struggle with what's easiest. Um, asking for permission and knowing that we could be shot down. We could literally have said, they could have said, no, we don't want you to broadcast and we don't, we don't want you to broadcast um, all weekend. We don't want you to gather any video. We don't want you to take photos. They could have just shut us down. That was the very real risk. But, we, but in taking the re very real risk, one of the things that was really fantastic for us is uh, after poor old Shelly had to sit in the car for what seemed like an hour or maybe an hour and a half, uh, she could probably tell us down to the minute how long it was because she was sitting out there with the car running, <laughs> wondering where in the heck we had disappeared to. We came out uh, from the administrative offices for the NRB with press passes. And for us, that was fantastic because we really showed up just to broadcast our show, we weren't trying to, to weasel our way into the, the program, and we had already had passes just for the expo. The expo wasn't even going to start until the following day. The beauty of having press pass is that it gave us all access to everything that we wanted to have access to, and it didn't cost us any more money. And so the, the God's provision in all of that was, was what I felt was a, just a huge blessing for us to be trustworthy, that we were going to do the right thing, and he really showed us uh, not only how that, was, that, that worked out, but um, he blessed us beyond what we originally thought that we were going to be participating in. And, it, I mean, it was just amazing to me to see that. And then we got a chance to sit at the top of an escalator and sort of bombard people as they came up to the, the escalator because we had these really fancy badges that said we were part of the press and ask them questions. We have some amazing interviews that we will compile and we'll either put on the radio, we'll put on YouTube, we'll put on the webpage, we'll put them all, all over the place. And the questions range from everything to, from uh, what, what's the most difficult thing that's ever happened to you at work to uh, what kinds of resources do you have to actually live out your, your faith at the office or, man, what do you want to get out of the NRB and why are you here? It had everything to do with, with just trying to understand people's lives. And one of the ironic things that did happen it sort of brings up the, the very real nature of some of these kinds of questions and what we're doing is that they had asked uh, for us, or we were in the middle of an interview, and then at the end of the interview, after asking some questions, we, um, we were sort of posed with a guy who looked at us and said, well, I sure hope I don't get fired for this. And I thought, wow, you know what? We're at a Christian conference. Well, what? I take that back. It's not a Christian conference. We're at a religious broadcaster's conference. So everything from, from Jewish to, to Christian, a lot of Christian there. And in all of that, I thought, you know what? This is a very real topic. This is very, it, people look at this and they, they say, you know what? Integrity has a price. And part of that is, it could be your job. It could be your position. It could be a future promotion. It could be lots of different things. And so... What we're going to be doing in future episodes of this and maybe one-minute spots on the web or something is to just really sort of ask you guys what questions you have that we can help answer. How would you handle this? What's the biblical way to do it? To know that, that you have someone in your corner to try to figure all that out with you and walk you through that and recognize that, that it is a very serious thing and the consequences of making um, the tough decisions could be your job. It could be your income. It could be your status at work. It could be lots of different things, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna try to walk uh, that line and try to help you through that process, and I think it's gonna be an awful lot of fun, and I think it's gonna be a really neat resource for people 
who have just not had um, those kinds of, of issues. They don't have maybe a sounding board. They don't have a group of people that they can call and say, man, I'm faced with a tough decision. What, what do I do now? Uh, may, maybe someone else's question will benefit you, and the answer will give you an encouragement to do the right thing. And there might be lots of different ways that you can do the right thing. And to hear someone else come up with a creative solution, you, you should be, you know, in good shape and at least have some options. So, uh, you know, we're, that's kind of that's where we're going to end up taking the show. And major announcements that came out of the NRB, boy, it was a lot of hard work. And everyone who helped get us there, I just want to say a very sincere thank you. Without you, we wouldn't have been able to make it. And we wouldn't have been able to make the impression that we had made. One of the things that's neat is that we ran into um, a major broadcast network. And because we're right in the middle of trying to still talk to them, let's not, let's not uh, let the cat out of the bag quite yet. But as we were, as I was walking through the expo, I ran into them and I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Bradley from Business Integrity Matters. And the guy who shook my hand who was in charge of syndication said, I already know. And I was, just, I was just blown away by the fact that they already knew. Whether it was part of our initial uh, reach to the NRB before getting there, or whether they were influenced by someone else, I have no idea. Whether God tapped them on the shoulder and said, this is a program you want to do, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But the last conversation I had with them was just yesterday. So here we are five days from the event. And they, they sort of tracked me down a little bit, and I tracked them down, and, and we met in the middle somewhere on the phone. And as we were meeting in the middle on, on the phone, what I was so taken back by was, and sort of humbled, this guy said, you know what, this show, I love this show, and we want to be part of it. And we're here to try to help you make this show what it needs to be. And I thought, man, that's just, what a great encouragement. Even, even if we get to the, the, the bottom line and all of the details and it doesn't work exactly the way we expect it to work, what a, what a really great encouragement to know that God is moving faster than we can move and that he is opening doors much bigger than ours. And, and the other thing that's coming out of this is that um, we may be, we may be ch transforming this show to add not just radio but to television. And that was one of the other really fantastic things that came out of what it is that we, we were doing when we were there. We got a chance to meet with major networks with uh, small television stations, all, all right in the middle of all of that. And what was amazing is that you, when, when I introduced myself to them, I said that this is who I am, and this is the show we're from. And we're really trying to just equip owners, workers, uh, just faithful workers, on how to live out life Monday through Friday after they heard the message on Sunday. What is that practical thing? that they can do Monday through Friday and really take the message that they heard on Sunday and, and live it out. And people would just lean in. And, and in leaning in, they wanted to know more because it's such a, such a big topic that we're not talking about very much in, in the Christian circles that we have. So I'm just really encouraged by that. We're going to be working with some local television stations to try to figure out how to come up with a pilot program. And, uh, and in all of that, we're going to be going on location to a bunch of different employers and uh, ministry leaders and others to sit with them in their office and say, what does this really look like? For you, I know what the challenges might be, but I want to hear you tell me what they are. What were the tough decisions that you had to make? And what, what decisions did you make right? And what, which ones did you make wrong? 
And of the wrong ones, man, we're, we're a redemptive people. I mean, we're going to be full of grace because there are a lot of people out there going to be making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And what we, we would like to be is a resource so that you don't have to make the same mistakes, that you could see someone uh, explain what process they used in order to make the decision that they made and what the results of those were so that you get a chance then to learn from them. And I'm just excited. We have, the 2014 is a breakout year for Business Integrity Matters. That's all I got to say. And God is going faster than I can go. And uh, what, what is amazing about it is that I can't do it on my own. And there is an amazing team that we have put together. Uh, I know Pete Blackshaw has, has been fantastic. Shelly Hughes is awesome and the detail lady, and I tell you what, if you ever have to go on a road trip, she's the one to take with you because she's got all the details figured out. And Mike Kaiser, who just is not here with our show today, uh, he's recovering from some surgery, and I just want to say thanks to him because without him, the sound wouldn't be the quality of sound that I heard on the demo. And when the, when the demo came across to others, they all seemed to say, very professional stuff. And one, in fact, I got one phone call from a media buyer who said, this is the most professional demo I've ever seen. I was shocked because I know where all the mistakes are. <laughs> right? I mean, and, and, and what I know that you don't know is that, that for two and a half hours on the way to Nashville, I was working on a laptop on my lap as Pete was driving down the street, plugged into an inverter, hoping that we had no electrical failures because we, we were fiddling with volumes and making minor adjustments. And then we were up till, I don't know, midnight, 1 o'clock. I don't even know what time it was when we were burning DVDs the night before the, the event. And, uh, you know, all that stuff in God's time. And I get it, uh, but I just wish he would give me more margin. In, in, the, in the time, he just doesn't do it. Uh, but what a neat team to be able to come together and do this. And uh, we're going to be meeting people along the way that, that have so much more experience at this than we do. And I know that God is going to just continue to deliver those people and, and for us to just sit and listen and try to understand and learn. And if you're one of those people who are watching this show right now or hearing this show, uh, we would love to have you connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Business Integrity Matters or go to businessintegritymatters.com. We're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to give you an overview of the Exodus era, and then we have a really great guest at the last half of the show. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Business Integrity Matters. This is Bradley, and we are right in the middle of trying to transition from one era to the next. If you missed the first segment of the show, I highly recommend go back and, and listen to it because I sort of recapped a little bit about where we were with, jo with uh, Joseph and the fact that what we learned from him is this pattern of trustworthiness. And uh, it just it really kind of goes into that, last, that entire last era, what do, you, what do you learn from your fathers? And how do you pass that down? And if you're in an organization where your kids don't want part of the business, then you, you have to be deliberate about about getting that character from, from one generation to the next. That's not easy. And we talked about what things you could do in previous episodes, and one of those things is develop a mentorship program of some sort. Find a, a select friend, a set of friends that you can surround yourself and, and your protégés uh, with so that they have the skills that they need when they finally land in the, in the director's chair, when they finally land in the, in the CEO's position. So 
one of the things that's interesting to me, and I, well, I posted this on Facebook this morning, when is a shower not a shower? A shower is not a shower when you end up uh, with a sort of an epiphany in the shower, right? It's uh, my, my, my youngest daughter actually called it the tent of meeting. That's when the shower is not a shower. It's when you meet face-to-face -face with God for some reason. And this is the way God works for me, and maybe he works this way for you too. I study, and I study, and I study, and I think I know what I'm going to say. And then at 4 o'clock in the morning, he has me up, and I'm tossing and turning, especially before the show. And as, he's to as I'm tossing and turning, I'm still trying to sort it all out. And then all of a sudden, wham, it's like a freight train hits me. And so here is where I think God wants me to take this today. And that is to look at the Exodus period. The Exodus period, the 30,000-foot look, is when the Hebrews were delivered from Pharaoh in Egypt uh, from a culture that was not theirs. They were enslaved. So being enslaved meant that they had to serve someone else. It was very difficult for them to live out their own faith right in the middle of service to someone else. Uh, and, and they were not able to realize the hopes and the dreams and the blessings that God had for them. And it was Moses that was the obedient guy in all of that, right? Uh, he grew up with uh, Pharaoh's family, not in his own culture. And when he finally figured out that he was Hebrew, he ended up defending the slaves that were there, so much so that he put his own life at risk by killing uh, one of the, the, one of the, uh, the masters, one of the slave masters for the Egyptians. And as he did that, what's, what's amazing to me is that he had to flee everything that he knew. And he had to assimilate with a, an adjacent culture. And in assimilating with the adjacent culture, we're going to cover that assimilation piece because there's some significant examples of how we can expand our own business and we can move into different geographic regions. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the next episode. But for today, what I want to do is sort of give you this overview. So after he assimilates, then he ends up um, developing this, he has a family there, or he, has, he gets a wife, and he meets face-to-face -face with God, and God asks for him to go back to this place where he knows he has a chance of dying because they were chasing him down, um, and go, go talk to the guy that he grew up with as his brother, and ask for the Hebrew people to be released from slavery. And the, the entire story starts there. I think most of us think of the Exodus story as that being the story. Let my people go and all of the plagues come. And after all of the plagues come, then they run. And, and God delivers them across the Red Sea with this uh, splendor that, that exists. The real story is all of that, but it's also what happens after they get on the other side. There's so much. It's very rich. So the, the, in, in history and in culture and in character and understanding how to be obedient and what rules need to be set up and why the rules are set up and what the relationship between God and, the, and his people are. It's, it's a really amazing book. And we're going to be going step by step through that book over the next three episodes of this show. But here is where I think we need to go for the show today and how we can practically put it into, into practice. If, have you ever thought of yourself like Moses? I have never, ever, ever, ever until this morning thought of myself like Moses. And the reason I say that is that I put Moses on a different pedestal than me. I, I put him, I put him uh, in a, a faith category that I am not because I have hindsight being 2020. 
And I'm sure that if Moses were uh, here today and I could sit and chat with him, he would probably talk about how difficult it was incrementally to do what he felt like he had to do and then watch God bless him and, and his boldness and his encouragement and, and his um, desire, his passion, his burden got to be more and more and more as he understood how faithful God was going to be over and over. And one, one of the reasons why I say I feel now like I'm somewhat like Moses is that if you look at what has happened uh, with Moses, Moses is actually just sort of the talking head, so to speak, that gets, that gets a captive people free. And those captive people happen to be in Egypt under a ruler that didn't understand them or their culture. Well, I think that those of us who are faithful followers of Christ actually are like Moses in that the rest of the world is held captive to a lie. And the lie is that it's about you. It's about your stuff, and it's about your, uh, how you sit in society and all of those things that we've talked about in the past. It's about the idolatry in our own lives. It's about the possessions and the power and, and, the, and the money and and your purpose, and whether or not your purpose is really for you, or if it's for God's sake. And when we go get a chance at work to be able to say, look, let's change the worldview. Let's not do, uh, let's not do what the world does. Let's just do something, I don't know, let's care for one another. And in caring for one another, let's, uh, let, let's figure out how to use the funds that we have in order to uh, take care of emergencies as we need to. Uh, let's figure out how we can take some profits and we can either give them to a ministry or to a church or uh, we, can, we can tithe them back to God. Uh, how is it that we can view then those people who come into our own organization as gifts that have been given to us and how do we steward over that gift? Uh, what are those practical things that we can do in order to show God's own discipline and that he has asked for us to be disciplined at work? How, what are those kinds of things that we do to change a worldview? And when we change the worldview, all of a sudden, we set people free from the lie that they're living. And that, for me, is really kind of where the rubber meets the road. And for the, 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 today's show, I think that that's, for me, what matters most is that if we can sit here and, and simply understand what God's worldview is, that, that we are here to glorify him, that we are here and we are gifted the businesses and the ministries and the people and the possessions that we have. That our purpose is to do what he has called us to do and be obedient in that, then we get a chance to live out some of, of Moses' life. And to imagine that people are chasing you down and pretty soon, if you live boldly enough, people are going to chase you down. And, and as, you, as, as you are standing at the, at the shore of the Red Sea and you're trying to figure out how to get across, and you know God is in it. It gives you the boldness to say, God's going to deliver us. And, and when you do that, people around you get a chance to see that. And you start to develop a, a, a trust in the organization and a new direction in the organization and a new culture in the organization that says, you know what? Yeah, it is about the bottom line, but it's about a triple bottom line. It's about people, it's about profit, and it's about planet. And I'm not talking about... The, the, the really fandangled about the planet kind of stuff, uh, really, really uh, liberal kinds of, of, um, of views. What I'm talking about is stewardship, real understanding of who owns it all. And in owning it all and crafting us in the way where we're crafted, how do we then align all of the resources that we have been gifted to go and do God's purpose with our work? 
we could literally make money, have a great time, and honor God at the same time. How cool would that be? And then in all of that, we would be able to impact people that we work with, work for, work next to in our customers, in our vendors, in our employees, to be able to just simply have them understand that the worldview that we see is God's worldview. We're not going to get it right every time. I don't get it right every time. But, man, we're in the process of changing the set of assumptions that we grew up with. And that, for me, is the takeaway that I have this morning. Is from, you know, it's when a shower is not a shower. It's when you have this sort of face-to-face with God to say, wow, are you kidding me? We're, we're much more like Moses than, than I would have imagined. Um, How hopeful is that? Because I know what God did for Moses. How great is that to be on his team? But also, how humbling to feel just like Moses to say, man, I don't have the right words. I need Aaron here for me. I need need someone else to participate. And then to to get mad. I mean, you see Moses getting mad. He gets very, you know, Moses is a very real guy. We're going to look at more and more of his life. He's a very real guy. And I think that we have uh, this, this perception that because, because we're Christian, we always have to be happy, and, and everything has to go our way, and, 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 and quite frankly, oftentimes doesn't. And if you look at the persecution and the, and the life that they lived and the sacrifice that they meet, made to eat manna every day because they were faithful to get away from their captives and then start to question their own lives to say, right, did we do the right thing? Shouldn't we go back into slavery? I think that we all struggle with that kind of stuff every day. And so I'm really excited about the next three episodes that we have for Exodus. We're going to cover all of it. Um, maybe not into uh, excruciating detail, but the, the takeaway that I have for today, if you are in, in ministry, if you are in business, if you're a faithful worker, here's the deal. Today you get to be like Moses. Tomorrow you get to be like Moses. Tuesday you get to be like Moses. Every single day you get a chance to be like Moses, and that is to listen very clearly to what God has for you, what he has asked and called you to do, and then figure out how to go and do it so that you honor his calling on your life. And in the honoring of the calling, that means to get together. Here's the practical stuff. Get together with other people who are also faithful followers so that that you can understand whether or not it's very real. I can tell you, I can put a lot of thoughts in my own head, but I don't want to have to put thoughts into my own head. I want other people to be around and confirm the things that I thought I heard. And, and in confirming the things that I thought I heard, I want to make sure that um, I, I'm, I'm humble in all of it. And, and that means that I literally have to surround, people, surround myself by people who are willing to say, you know what, you're getting too big for your own britches. And that's okay. You know what? And, and people have had to say that to me, and that's a very real risk. I had a phone call yesterday with a great friend of mine, and I said, you know what? We've had all this really great success at the NRB, which is wonderful. But you know what? My temptation is to make it about me. And, you know, we joke a little bit. There's this, this sort of uh, undercurrent that we had over the last few days when we were at the NRB, and it was, well, don't they know who we are? And, and you know, I mean, that's kind of sarcasm. It's sarcasm, but also there's a little bit of egotistic behavior in, in that. And, and so what I want to say is that, you know, even I am susceptible, I mean, we're all susceptible to those kinds of things. And, we, and, and to, to surround ourselves by other people who see it for real, that's important. And, and that's something that we can do uh, every day at work, get together with someone and say, you know what, here are the temptations I'm facing right now, and, uh, and help me see it clearly so that I can make sure that I honor God. And so we're going to take a real quick break, and we're going to come back with uh, Dr. Will. And when we do, 
uh, I, I'm excited about it because Dr. Will and I uh, go back a little ways and we've had some unique experiences, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Business Integrity Matters. And before the break, we were talking about Exodus, this new era that we're going to be looking at. And the new era has everything to do for me with being able to expand your business into foreign territories. And for that, what I mean oftentimes is that it uh, can be very uncomfortable and, and we might end up being in places that that are so dramatically different in culture that we have to kind of get back to basics and understand what the rules are and set some rules along the way. And, and we have with us a guest, Dr. Will, and he is with River of Life Chiropractic. And Dr. Will and I have had a chance to meet at a Christian Business Fellowship here in town. And one of the things that I always tell this story, but it's an important story, Dr. Will and I have been interrupted by God before in, in having a cup of coffee. And what I want to the reason I say that is that I understand Dr. Will's heart, and I also understand how obedient he is in the moment when it happens when God says, it's no longer about the conversation you were having, let's have a different conversation. And uh, I'm just excited to have you, so thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. And uh, when, when, I, when I talk a little bit about that story, most people don't understand what we're talking about and know what, what we're doing, but Dr. Will and I had a cup of coffee. Gosh, it's been months now. Yes. And, and when we got together, we were just talking about life. We were talking about how to live out our faith at the mm -hmm. office. And, and this guy, who obviously was somewhat distraught, needed to, someone to talk to, he came by and said, oh, you guys seem like free-thinking folks. And, and he was carrying this big stack of books that were... Philosophy. Philosophy like advanced books. Advanced philosophy. Yeah, really, really esoteric <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at it, trying to figure all that out. And, and for me, uh, he, he just wanted someone to talk to. And so, so we pulled up a chair and let him talk, right? And so what yeah, happened? Just well, just to, to let everyone know what happened afterwards. Well, you know, we, we, he overheard the conversation. He dropped in on us and, uh, you know, kind of like inserted himself in the conversation. We were just talking about life and love and how to, you know, pursue happiness and serve God in every aspect of our lives. And that struck him as something that people don't talk about every day. And so he joined us and it eventually came to the point that, you know, he was dealing with a lot of stuff in his life and was really, you know, he was searching the stack of books for all this help. And, you know, he was making some headway, but there was still something missing yeah. and yeah Bradley drops in it's like well have you considered yeah that something missing is God and so you know then we we, we talked about that a little bit and you know it was kind of outside the realm but he told us a little bit more of his story and so Bradley stepped up it's like can we pray for you because we you know we got to run but can yeah. we pray for you before we leave and so we did that and by the end of this the guy was you know in tears but so thankful because there was that little glimmer of hope and I have no idea what happened to him afterwards no but clue. you know he went from this place of you know we've all been there but never right. want to think about it to maybe yeah maybe there's something that can yeah. be better and so it was you know we were enjoying our conversation but there was an opportunity to serve and so right took it, it. Was, yeah exactly <laughs> it was sort of just it was what they call a divine appointment right yeah I mean it was really weird but at, at all of that I think that one of the things that impressed me about 
you in it was how simply obedient you were. And it wasn't obedient to me. It was obedient to God's calling to just go and do something different. And I'm just really encouraged by that. And I, I want to know a little bit more about the practice that you have. You're fairly new in Asheville, yeah. right? So talk talk a little bit about kind of where you where you came from, how you got here, and then the practice that you have, because I think it's important. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, my story kind of starts actually way back in the very beginning. Uh, when I was born, I was, you know, my mom likes to remind me, I tried to come out with these shoulders, and so obviously got stuck, doctor got involved, and uh, I had what was called congenital torticollis. It's fairly, not so much these days, but fairly common birth trauma, or head stuck to the shoulder. Oh! And uh, so, <laughs> oh, you know, doctors tried everything. Poked me, prodded me, drugged me up as a two-day-old infant, and nothing was working. Finally, you know, they told my mom that they're going to have to do surgery on her newborn boy to so he doesn't yeah, walk around yeah. in circles his whole life. And so, <laughs> and, like a NASCAR driver, right? Exactly. Turn left. <laughs> in not as few words, she said no. Took yeah. me and left. <laughs> uh, thank God, someone told my mom take yeah. him to see a chiropractor with oh, one adjustment. Really? One adjustment. I was completely better. Well, that's great. Yeah, and so that kind of like set the pace for everything nice. that was going to happen the rest of my life. That's funny. Um, I never knew about this until I actually was in chiropractic school learning about how to take care of children. Oh, okay. She shares the story with me. But I got to chiropractic school because as I was growing up, since I was this tall, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. I was going to be the first man on Mars. So I went, I did everything that I was supposed to do for that, got to college, failed calculus twice and realized maybe I shouldn't be designing <laughs> rockets. And so, like, I kind of went through this soul search. Uh, what should I be doing with my life? What am I called to do? Like, you know, it ended up with me, you know, lying on the floor because I didn't have a bed yet of this new house, that, rundown house that we had just moved into, uh, almost being kicked out of school, sobbing on the phone to my younger sister. Like, I don't know what to do with my life. Right. And it was the next six months that really started to change that through this entire time I had gotten uh, away from my faith as a child and uh, you know went, did the rebellious path I waited till college to do that uh, and so I went through this process of like figuring out what I wanted to do and I realized that service was missing in my life I'd been raised in the church and been raised in service 4-H you know all of these different things and so I realized service was missing and so I was like I, I need to serve humanity somehow and so uh you know medicine or something like that like healthcare popped up I was like oh maybe i could do this so i started taking some biology and i was getting adjusted at the time by my chiropractor just because that's what we knew to do as a family to stay healthy and i'm, I'm like telling him this process of like all, all the things i'm going through and you know he's in the middle of adjusting me and he just takes his hands off my back steps away from the table and says you know what you should do ah and it was like a light bulb came on. Like he didn't say anything else. He literally did not say anything else the rest of that day to me. But it was like a light switch came on. I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to be a chiropractor. And so I went home and started researching it. And everything that I was learning in like my basic sciences, like lined up perfectly. I was like, logically, this makes perfect sense. But like in my heart, like I had a knowing. I didn't understand it yet, but I had a knowing. And so like I've like lived that out since then. And just discovered like this amazing healing principle that you know God has blessed us with and that's what I get to release on a daily basis in the office right um, and so that's really like what I've designed the office around is loving service 
you know, the concept that when God put us together, he didn't make mistakes. You know, there's a design and a reason in the way that the body works. And there's this unlimited life potential that we're given from day one when we're one cell, nine months later when we're 70 trillion cells, today when we're, you know, can't even count them cells. There's a life process that God's given us, and we always have availability to 100% of that, but we have to be able to express it. And so that's where my office comes in, is we're able to increase that expression, get families closer to 100%. And so, you know, the design of the office, the design of the business, I don't even call it a business most days, um, really is, as much as I can, keeps it, you know, congruent with that message of I'm serving God by serving man through the vehicle chiropractic. That's cool. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting is most people don't know the cultural setting. I mean, the people who right. are watching this don't know the cultural setting of Asheville, <laughs> right? Uh, Asheville, for those folks that don't know, is more like Berkeley yeah. than it is uh, your thought of North Carolina. How is it that that you can you can serve Christ in your business in a culture that's so diverse and still be successful uh, not and, and not and not uh, I don't know ridiculed in the process I mean yeah. it, it, it's a very real challenge yeah I think the the biggest thing that I had to adapt when I moved to the area is people are fairly health conscious around here but people are not life conscious necessarily um, and so I kind of had to adapt the way that I communicated to really like hammer home like my inner purpose, which is, you know, releasing life and families, reconnecting people to their God-given potential and really focusing on that really allows me to be my authentic self when I'm in the office. Like nine, you know, most, most days of the week, I've got worship music blaring on the stereo. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, every, there's families running in, kids running around screaming. And, you know, that's, 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 that's the fun that I get to have. That's the environment that I set. And I think that's all made possible for folks that aren't on the same boat, or like in the same boat as us. That's made po or that is possible because I'm just being authentic. I'm just totally being me. I'm totally, there's no facade. There's no uh, fakeness to it. Uh, and I think people are accepting of that. Well, I think that when, when, when you talk about authenticity, yeah. it sort of, for me, gets back to this trustworthiness, right? Yeah. If you're not putting up a front, people know exactly what you stand yeah. for. And they can decide for themselves whether they want to participate or not, but they're not being deceived. Right. And so what you have done, I think, in, in not just decoration or or process is you just have simply said I'm going to stand for who I am and the people who come in the door if if they if they don't understand that they have a choice and, yes right that's so huge like my like my greater vision is every man woman and child in the world adjusted as necessary checked and adjusted to make sure they're expressing 100% of their god-given potential yeah Everyone deserves chiropractic, sure, but I don't have to be everyone's chiropractor. So that's that's really why that I get that freedom. Um, and there have been people that you know they didn't jive with the office environment, they didn't jive with me as a person, they didn't jive with the you know approach that I had to the spine. Send them down the street. There's an, there's someone else equally qualified next door that can you know take care of them as long as they're getting the care that they need. That's the most important thing, and I think people really resonate with that. 
Um, whenever that when, whenever that does become like a stumbling block or a speed bump along the way, like when it's laid out like that, people are so much more accepting that you know this guy's out to help me, not necessarily to do anything else. He just wants to help. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, more of these kinds of practical things that we can do at our own office to live out our faith and just be encouraged. So hang on, hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business Integrity Matters. We are with Dr. Will, River of Life Chiropractic. And before the break, we were talking about just the culture that he has in his office, and we were talking about the choices that people have to make when they come in and being able to be authentic. And in being authentic, it sort of kind of brings me right back to the title of our show, Business Integrity Matters, right? And for me, just out of curiosity, every one of us has some choices to have to make yeah. in order to maintain this integrity. So the question for you that I would have is, why does it matter to you? And what is maybe the toughest decision you've had to make to sort of stand out and be somebody different? It's probably... I'm just going from the hip here. I could probably think of a better example, That's but funny. one of the ones that jumps right to mind, mostly because of what a lot of people think about chiropractic and healthcare in general, is one thing that I set myself apart is I don't take, I don't deal with any kind of insurance in the office. So on the financial side of things, um, being able to step out and not deal with a system or you know, do paperwork or things that wouldn't really work out, um, you know, with my integrity. Like, you know, a, a great example is what I would have to do for Medicare. I don't accept Medicare in the office, which there's a lot of folks that, you know, they, they can't come in because of that. But I essentially have to, you know, falsify information on the forms in order to collect payments, and I'm not willing to do that. So. That's, some, that's one of those examples of, you know, not necessarily setting myself apart, but hard choices that I had to make along the process yeah. of doing things the right way, not the easy way. Well, the hard choice in there from a business guy has to do with cash flow. I mean, right? And, and I mean, the real reason I say that is you're not a new business. I mean, you are a business. You're not. You're, you're, a, fair, you're, you're a fairly new business. You've been in business for how long? A, a year in town? Almost now. Almost a year. So, but the first, and, and the first year is this struggle with cash and trying to understand where your customers are coming from and, and, and being able to pay the bills. And so you could have very easily said, you know what, I, I'm gonna, let's for the first couple of years, let's take Medicare, let's fill out some forms, let's get paid. But you chose not to do that. That was a hard choice, I would imagine. Yeah, and you know, and turning those folks away or you know, sending them down the street is tough as a business owner. It's tough as, uh, and it, it, uh, you know, it's tough as a clinician. Mm -hmm. But when it comes from the aspect of this is the better way for you, this is the better way for me. If we, you know, if we do things cleanly, if we do things the right way, um, you know, that's what that's what lets me, you know, put my head on the pillow and sleep at night. Does sure. that make sense? Absolutely. And as you look at this next year. And the mm -hmm. challenges that you have for this next year to grow your practice, make it more stable, get into in, into more families and, and what have you. What do you think is the, your biggest challenge that you have? 
I think my biggest challenge right now is, let <laughs> me go back to obedience, is really being obedient to uh, putting in the elbow grease. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know, very often, you know, we get, we get, we get complacent with good enough. Oh yeah. Right? Absolutely. But, you know, always, you know, always pursuing, always pursuing, always striving, and not striving as in like, you know, the translation of, you know, uh, grunt work and effort, but striving in, you know, being joyful in what we're called to do. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's always been one of my challenges throughout life is, you know, doing what we got to do and like, and going, then going above and beyond. Um, there's definitely areas that are easier to do that in, and there's definitely times and seasons that are easier to do that in. And so, as, you know, things are, you know, get, you know, becoming like, you know, established in town, like really like, you know, reaching to that next step of remembering the greater vision and the greater purpose and not getting stuck in the world of me. Yeah, out of just out of curiosity, how how do you do that though? Right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is for me where the rubber meets the road, yeah. and it is that man. I I know I need to do this, and I know how I'm wired, and they don't necessarily <laughs> go together. How do I do that? How does that happen? How do I make that work out? It's a daily daily practice, and uh, I don't want to call it a struggle. I don't want to manifest that. It's a, it's, a, it's a daily practice sure. of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's all about obedience. Like, you know, Monday was a great example. This week has been a totally revolutionary week for me. Monday, I hit snooze a few, a couple times too many on the alarm. I didn't, I didn't have anything, like, that I had to get to until, you know, late in the morning. Sure. So it was okay if I slept in a little bit. And I did. And then I woke up, and I'm like, I looked at the clock, and I'm like, okay, now i got to run to get to where I'm going. And I realized, like, I wasted my day. I wasn't able to get into the scripture like I normally do in the mornings. I wasn't able to, you know, uh, you know, stretch out and, you know, make coffee like I like to do in the mornings. I wasn't able to do the things that I know that I need to do to be centered. And, like, I, I was driving to this appointment, and God just drops it. He's like, you know, you got to start waking up earlier. It's like... How early? <laughs> and like, well, knowing you a little bit, that's completely totally <laughs> not your personality. Big number five. Like, Do I have to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I don't want to. But like in in that moment, because like I knew it was inspired, I was like, okay, I'm doing this, and like I accepted it, heart and soul. I set my alarms Monday night, yeah. woke up five till the first one on Tuesday morning with wow. no help whatsoever because I had accepted it and just been totally committed to that. And yeah. so now this is like day five of 5 a.m. wake-ups. And I have so much more time in the morning to like, you know, I get up, I make my coffee, I you know do a little bit of yoga just to stretch out and wake up a little bit. By the time I get my coffee, I'm already awake now. Coffee, scripture. Spend my time in scripture as much as I need now that I'm not rushed in the mornings. Oh, sure. I can catch up. I can meditate. I can pray. Sure. I get to the office early, so now I have more time to pray over the people for the day. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, I'm kind of like starting this anew, but like getting a solid morning ritual has been huge for my growth this week, spiritually, mentally, physically. Um, and then outside of that, just making sure that I'm constantly reinforcing the word in every aspect of my life. You know, even whether it's, you know, listening to, you know, good music on the radio 
or listening to, you know, a sermon on podcast while I'm cooking dinner. Those are kind of like the obvious things that you would think about. But, you know, just being able to take that concept of worship and praise and gratitude. Gratitude is one of the biggest things that I've discovered this week. Now having more time to actually be present to that. Gratitude throughout the day and, you know, the, the idea of being in constant worship and praise throughout the day of like everything that happens. Thank you, God. Thank you that, for God for this. You know, thank you for this happening. Uh, you know, when you, you come up against a struggle, you know, you know, be, like speaking it into existence, be gone, you know, obstacles. And like when a God is for me, who can be against me? And like everything that happens throughout the day, just being in that constant state of grace and spirit rather than getting caught up in the human nature. Um, and it's not easy by any means, well, that's kind but of it where is simple. I was, I was going I was gonna kind of get back to that. It's not easy because most of it, well, maybe not you. I need other people in my life to yeah. hold me accountable to the, the, the freshman year, so to speak, the, e, the easy year, the, 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 the beginning of a ritual like this for me. Yeah. Piece of cake, I got that. <laughs> I got that, right? Yeah. But it's week two or three or four when all the other noise from outside gets in the middle, then I have to have people come to me and say, yeah. man, I heard what you said, and this is not what you said. How do you do that? And do you have people that you can rely on? Yeah, on, or what does the, that look like the so-called mastermind group is really critical to any kind of success. And I have, I'm blessed to have an amazing group that stands behind me with me and that I get to stand behind and with uh, one, you know, in chiropractic in particular, um, dynamic essentials. If you know any chiropractors are listening over there, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing group of like-minded chiropractors that are all about supporting each other, uh, being aware, humble. The dynamic essential itself is being aware, humble, and obedient to the voice of God within, and you do that through lasting purpose, which is giving, loving, serving, and doing just for the sake of doing so with no expectation of return. And so you live your life like that. And we've got this great peer group to support each other. And, uh, you know, from that, uh, I've got that. I've got my, you know, every, every other week, the local chiropractors that are, you know, involved with that movement or at least of the like mind, we get together. We have a band of brothers meeting right. where we, we break down the principle of chiropractic. We you know we support each other in our business and offices and life. Um, and, uh, Facebook has been a great vehicle for, you know, it, you know, it's been a great vehicle for, you know, uh, getting together with people. Uh, my, uh, my class group, the, my really close friends that I was with in school, you know, we started a Facebook group. And so we're constantly on there uh, throughout the day, throughout the week, encouraging others, posting challenges, like, how, got, how would you guys handle this? How right. would you think about this? Like, I did this today. It was great. You know, we we're blessed this way. Or, man, I've really struggled with this. And, like, the encouragement and the advice, you know, comes with that. Good. And uh, so, like, you know, surrounding myself with like-minded people that are on the same mission. Yeah. And then also having a solid faith community to go back to. Like, right. I'm blessed to have such an amazing family at church um, here in Asheville that I, you know, finally found after shopping around for a couple months. Yes. But, you know, every, everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen for a reason. And uh, being present to that and surrounding myself with people that are on the same wavelength yeah. has been, so far, been the key to sticking with it. 
Yeah, that's great. And it's great advice. If other people wanted to figure out how to get a hold of you, how, how would they do it? Best way is check out the website, www.riveroflifecairo.com, or follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash riveroflifecairo. Um, I'm, always, I'm constantly posting updates on the Facebook, uh, and you know both ways you can click and get on the newsletter. I send like a more advanced thought and topic uh, once a month. I just sent out the newsletter for February. It was a little late. But uh, it was all about love and how to like handle situations. So like kind of the meteor stuff comes through the, the newsletter, but there's you know always at least one thought of the day on Facebook, like you know better life, better health, better connection. Cool, that's great. Well, we've, we've had a, a real great time chatting with Dr. Will with some real just practical things. Yeah. And that's what's, so, that's what's so neat about the community that we do have here in Asheville and, and the others that we're gonna be doing more interviews with. Just this real just neat, natural, practical approach to life that, man, this is not necessarily the easiest thing, but it is simple. Yeah. And it's pretty basic. <laughs> and in the in the basicness, uh, we can find other people to hold us accountable. And so uh, join us next week when we're going to be talking about the uh, Exodus period or the Exodus era, uh, going a little bit deeper. And we actually have two guests next week. So uh, I'm not exactly sure what the logistics are with all of that, but we're going to figure it out, and it will be an awful lot of fun. So uh, may God richly bless you and your business. Take care. And that wraps up this week's edition of Business Integrity Matters with Bradley Waldrop. To learn more about us, you can find us on the web at businessintegritymatters.com, and there you will find our complete schedule, practical business tools, and much more. That's businessintegritymatters.com. Be sure to join us again next week. And on behalf of Bradley, may God grant you a blessed week.